Welcome to week two of our series about politics called Donkeys, Elephants, and Jesus. Fun title, right? Uh, this is such a, a, a neat way to dive into this. And that's exactly what we're going to do because we've got a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to jump right in. Last week, we learned that because we are followers of Jesus and call ourselves Christians, that we must understand that we are Christians first and most before we are a Democrat, a Republican, even Americans, everything takes its cue. Everything is run through the filter by the fact that we are followers of Jesus, Christians first and most. So we also learned that when there is a conflict then between my rights as an American and my responsibility and your responsibility as Christians... I must follow Christ, you must follow Christ. Anyone that aligns themselves with Christ and calls themselves a follower of Jesus, a Christian, must decide to follow Christ. There's not always going to be a conflict, but sometimes there will be a conflict, and we must choose to follow Christ first and most. Now, if any of that sounds odd, if any of that is like, I don't understand, I don't get it, then you need to go back and pick back up on last week and get caught up because all of that will make sense if you see week one. And I think that's an important part of understanding what we're going to do today. But what this means is that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, and as a local church, our agenda could not be more clear. Our agenda, simply put, is Jesus. That's it. We are to stand with Jesus. And I know that sounds cliche. And I know that's probably not a surprise to anybody. And I know that may sound to some people a little cheesy. But it's true. Jesus is our agenda. As followers of Jesus, that would just make sense. And I think even non-Christians, from the outside, looking in. They, might agree on the, they may not agree on the details of what all that looks like, but it makes sense that if you're going to call yourself a follower of Jesus, then you probably should use Jesus as your point of reference for how you live your life. And so it just makes sense that our agenda as followers of Jesus is Jesus in everything. Or don't call yourself a follower of Jesus. Then I shouldn't call myself a Christian. And as Christian people gathered in a local church. The agenda of the local church should simply be Jesus. So what does it look like then? And how do we align ourselves and represent Jesus, our clear focus, our clear motivator, first and most? How do we do that in the context of political extremes? Where you got this extreme and that extreme. You got that side and this side and this side and that side. How in the world do we represent the way of Jesus in the middle of this kind of mess? Now, to get there, what I want to do is take a snapshot, just a few snapshots actually, that we will look at the life of Jesus and see how he navigated these icky sticky waters in his politically charged context in the first century, and that will give us a cue, since we take our cue from Jesus, that will give us a cue to how we should live and respond in our politically charged context. So let me begin with something John said about Jesus when he described who Jesus was. In John chapter 1, verse 14, John described Jesus as full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. 
Jesus was not 50-50, half grace and half truth. Oh, no, no, no. He was fully grace, fully truth. In other words, he was all grace, all truth, all the time. He was completely gracious and completely truthful at all times. Now, you and me, we can't claim that. <laughs> okay, You and I, we, we can't claim that descriptor because we typically lean one way or the other. Some of us are more truth than we are grace. Others of us are much nicer and we're much more gracious than we are truthful kind of thing. But Jesus, no, he was fully both. And here's why that's so important. This means that Jesus was too conservative for the liberals of his day, and he was too liberal for the conservatives of his day. That's so important, and we'll come back to that. But this reality of being all grace and all truth all the time is messy. And it's a tension, and it creates a tension. But that's who Jesus was. And as followers of Jesus, we take our cue from that. Let's keep going. Snapshot number two. I want to dive into the moment when Jesus had just done one of his most famous miracles. He fed 5,000 men plus the women and children that were there too. 5,000 men, no less than 5,000 men plus women and children. He fed all of them with five pieces of bread and two fish. Five loaves, two fish. Amazing, miraculous thing to experience. Now, when this happened... People were just taken back. People were amazed, as any of us would be. And they begin to clue in, wait a second, maybe this Jesus of Nazareth really is the Messiah. He, maybe he really is the one sent from God. Perhaps he's the real deal. Maybe he is the Son of God sent by God our Father to save the world. Maybe this is him. Wait a second. And if it is then he, is, he should be our king. He should be our king. And as they began in their mind to put two and two together of what they were experiencing, look at this. John writes that Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, because Jesus could tell, uh-oh, 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 this is going away that shouldn't be going right now, when Jesus realized they're coming to make him king, and let's take over and kick butt and take names and all that nice stuff, right? He withdrew. He withdrew again to a mountain by himself. He just kind of slipped away. Because Jesus was not going to let his mission be hijacked by any well-intended, even, political agenda against the Romans. And that's what was going on. That's what they're thinking. Wait a second, if he's the one, then let's claim him to be king, and if he can feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, he can overthrow Caesar, and we'll just take over right now, and it'll be like the good old days, like it was when, you know, Moses and then King David and King Solomon, oh yeah, we're back! Jesus was like, no, that's, that's not what I'm about right now. There'll be a time for that, but his mission was not going to be hijacked by any political side or political agenda. Now keep that in mind. Jesus wasn't going to let himself be pushed to a side, even a well-intended one. Let me give you a third snapshot. Let's dive into a moment when the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. The Pharisees, the religious right of the day. They were trying to trap Jesus and trick Jesus into saying something wrong or doing something wrong so that they could accuse him and ultimately have him arrested and do away with him. And so... 
This is how they went about it. They went about it by buttering Jesus up with all of this flattering language so that they could throw a big question out to him and see if they could trip him up. And this is what they said. Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial, and you don't play favorites. Man, they're pouring it on thick, aren't they? Now tell us, Jesus, what you think about this. Drum roll, you know. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So here they are, trying to put Jesus in a situation where they make Jesus take sides politically. Where they make Jesus, try to make Jesus say something that's going to get him in trouble either with religious people or with the Romans. So this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, oh, um, show me a coin. Show me the coin that you use to pay your taxes. And so they took out the coin and they showed Jesus. Jesus said, whose face and whose inscription is on that coin? And they said, well, Caesar's, of course. And then Jesus said, well then. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God what belongs to God. And none of them saw that answer coming. And it just kind of shut the whole thing down. But the point is, is that Jesus was just not going to take sides. He was not going to let them make him take sides. He respected both sides equally. He said, if it belongs to Caesar, give it to Caesar. Pay your taxes to Caesar. And what God asks you to give to him, you give to God. Fascinating how Jesus navigated the extremes politically, socially, even religiously. And what we find is that Jesus' mission was in the middle. Jesus' mission was in the middle of the extremes. The middle of... This side and that side and that side and this side, Jesus was not going to be pulled over to the religious right, and he wasn't going to be pulled over to the liberal left of his day. No, it's very clear that Jesus engaged people on the extremes, but he did not align himself with either extreme of his day. That, that is so important for us to understand, and we see it. I mean, in one moment, Jesus is conversing and talking with Pharisees. You've got to be careful there. But Jesus did that. But, and, and then the next moment, he's eating with tax collectors and the low lives of society and people of ill repute and people that, you know, you're just good Christian boys and girls, you just don't see them around. Okay, wait, what? Yeah, one moment, Jesus is, is doing this with this side. The next moment, he's over here interacting with this side. And he engaged all extremes and everybody in between, but did not take sides and did not let them push him to a side. This is a clear example for us, and it's so needed. So important for us to understand what it means that Jesus is mission. And we're his followers, so we need to take a cue from this. Jesus' mission is in the middle. Now, let me, let me clarify something. To be in the middle, it did not mean that Jesus was non-committal. The middle does not mean non-committal. It doesn't mean that he had no values. and didn't mean he had no principles by which he lived. No, Jesus had solid values. He had strong principles that governed 
the way not only he lived his life, which was perfectly, by the way, because he was God, but how he encouraged others to live by value and principle and strong character. So it's not that this middle way was a non-committal. No, the middle is not non-committal. The middle is about strategic placement to both extremes, to either extremes, to all sides. It's strategic placement so that you can reach people on either extreme, on any side, and everybody in between. You can't say Jesus was a moderate. In fact, you can't even really put a label on what Jesus. It wasn't like he was just kind of wishy-washy. No, no, Jesus was firm in what he was about. The deal is, is that Jesus had a different agenda. A different agenda than the religious right of his day. A different agenda than the liberal left of his day. We need to pay attention to what Jesus' agenda was about. And we see what his agenda was about. As Jesus, from the middle outstretched his arms of love to people on all extremes and pulled them to himself. Literally. You want to get a picture of Jesus in the middle? Then look at what happened when Jesus was crucified. Literally. He was crucified in the middle between extreme responses to what he was about and what he was there to do. Jesus' mission is in the middle. Now, interestingly enough, the middle between extremes is where real life takes place. We kind of hinted at this last week, but let me dive into it just a moment. That's where real life is, is in between the extremes. Now, people like to talk from the extremes, and they love to argue from the extremes, but we are all forced to live life somewhere in the middle of the extremes. Because the truth is, is that the middle way is going to be too conservative for the liberals. It's going to be too conservative for some. And and it's going to be too liberal for the conservatives. It's going to be too liberal for some. To be quite honest, the far left is unsustainable. And the far right is unattainable. The far left is unsustainable because you have to have boundaries. You have to have structure in a society far right is unattainable because it's just unrealistic. And so we are all forced then to the middle. And so political parties then come to Jesus in the middle, both in the first century and in our day. If you pay attention, you'll see this. Political parties come to Jesus in the middle, and they try to pull Jesus to their side. And what's interesting is that both political parties, back then and today, really think that Jesus aligns best with them. I mean, if you talk to a a good Democrat, says, yes, yes, Jesus. We stand for what Jesus stood for. If you talk to a good Republican, they'll tell you, especially a Republican in the good old South, yep, yep. Yep, we stand for what Jesus stood for. And both Democrats and Republicans will use Jesus and the Bible to support their side, or at least try to. And they think that they have found the way to explain what Jesus would really be about. Oh, he would would align with us over here on this issue. Oh, no, no. He would align with us over here on this issue. But here's the truth. The truth is, is that Jesus 
was not going to be pulled to either side back then, and he won't be pulled to a side today. Now, there are some things, let me be clear, there are some things in the Democratic agenda, on the Democratic side of things, and their policy and what they're about, honestly, are the kinds of things that Jesus would be about and align with Jesus, but not all. And there are some things on the Democratic side of the agenda, the policy, that could not be more wrong and could not be further away from what Jesus was all about. Likewise, if you look at what the Republicans are all about, their agenda and their policies and you know what, what their agenda is, there are going to be some things that, yeah, that, that seems like the kind of thing that Jesus would be about. That actually aligns with who Jesus is and what Jesus taught. But there are other things in the Republican agenda that could not be more wrong, that could not be farther away from who Jesus is and what Jesus taught and what Jesus was about. So there are some things on both sides that are very honoring to Jesus. And then there's a lot on both sides that could not be more out of place. To Jesus. The, the better question, though, is are we aligning with Jesus? Not does Jesus align with our party. Not, do, not the question of does Jesus align with our side? Because here's the deal. Jesus is not going to be made into a poster boy for the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents or the Liberals or the Conservatives or the Moderates. Jesus will not be anybody's poster boy. Jesus, as we have seen, had a whole different agenda. His mission was in the middle of all of it, reaching to everybody on all sides. Yeah. No, you can't take Jesus and say he was all about this side or all about that side. The better question is, are we aligned with Jesus? Not, is Jesus aligned with us? Is, are we aligned with him? And when we are aligned with him, warning that's revolutionary stuff. That's countercultural stuff. And eventually, when you're aligned with Jesus in the middle, it's going to chap the political parties. It's going to frustrate that side, and it's going to frustrate this side. When, when, you, when you align yourself with what Jesus was about and Jesus' way of doing life and treating people, neither party can claim a stake on what that's all about fully in and of themselves. But aligning ourselves with Jesus is exactly what he has called me and you and all of us who claim his name and follow him to do. We are to build our lives on his. Look at his life, copy, and paste. So if Jesus' mission was in the middle strategically placed and strategically positioned between the extremes of his day and the extremes even of our day. And we are his followers first and most. And whenever there's a conflict, we follow him. Then that means that we must stand in the middle with Jesus. No, I'm not saying that you can't call yourself a Democrat and you can't call yourself a Republican or an Independent or a Moderate or whatever label. Okay, if you want to play around with the labels, that's fine. If the labels are important to you, that's fine. I'm just saying the most important thing, regardless of a label, because as we saw last week, labels really don't matter, not in the big scheme of things, is that as a follower of Jesus, that affects everything. 
And you and I must find ourselves where Jesus was at work in the middle. We must stand strategically positioned in the middle with Jesus. Which means, as a church, the Summit Church, we must strategically position ourselves, be strategically placed in our community between extremes so that we can reach people on either extremes, so that we can reach out and share the love of Jesus and love first to people on all sides and everybody in between. The truth is, is that here at the Summit, in a church like the Summit, we minister to a very wide range of people. Democrats, Republicans, independents, people who haven't quite figured out what they want to be, and liberals, and conservatives, and moderates, and libertarians, and it, it's a kind of a melting pot, and that's a good thing, it's a beautiful thing, and that's why we won't come right out and say some of the things you think we ought to say. That's why we won't come out and take a stand against the thing that you wish we would take a stand against and just, just get all up in people's faces and, and you know, picket and march and all this. It's why we don't make it about that. This is why we won't push your candidate. Because we are here in the middle trying to reach people on all sides and all of the issues on this side and this side, and all of the policies on this side and this side, and all of the agendas on this side and this side are represented in these seats. They're represented in this place, and that's a good thing. You say, well, man, that just sounds like a big old mess. No, it's actually a beautiful thing as we all take steps towards Jesus together. I mean, where else? Where else should Democrats, Republicans, and Independents be? Where else should they gather what better place than the local church? I mean, okay, let me just take a second. Okay, if you're a Democrat, if you're a registered Democrat, you think Republicans are really wrong. And, and to be honest, they need Jesus. Okay, cool. Well, then where should people go, people who need Jesus, where should they go? Where should they be? In church. If you're a Republican, a registered Republican, you look at Democrats and think they have lost their ever-loving mind. They are so wrong. They need Jesus. God help them. Well, where do people who need Jesus, where should they be? Where should they go? Where should they gather? In church. And if you're an independent, you look at both the Democrats and the Republicans and say they've all lost their freaking mind. They're all crazy. They've, they're all way off base. They all need Jesus. Well, perfect. Well, where should people who all need Jesus? You see what I'm saying? I mean, this is exactly where we ought to be as we all take steps together. Not to the right, not to the left, not to this side or that side, but to Jesus. First and most. We stand in the middle with him. So what does that look like? I mean, I mean we've talked about it, but it's more than a concept. It's reality. What does it look like to do life in the middle? So let me describe it for you, and then we'll take some descriptors and, and kind of put them on the screen for you so that you can see more specifically. But if you're going to do life in the middle, if you're going to do life in the middle between extremes, you need to understand that in the middle there is much gray. I know that a lot of people don't like gray. Everything must be black and white. Well, get used to gray if you're going to choose the middle way because that's where real life is, and it's uncomfortable. In the middle... You end up asking lots of questions because you have lots of questions. And you begin to realize that there are more exceptions than you are often comfortable with. 
in the middle. There's a lot of trial and error. There's trying this, and that didn't work so well, so let's try this, and then we're going to try something else, and we're going to grow. In the middle, you do a lot of growing. In the middle, you do a lot of changing. In the middle, it's messy. In the middle, it's exhausting. And in the middle, you get misunderstood a lot because it's very confusing to the people on the far left and the people on the far right why you just won't come out and take a stand, why you people just won't come out and condemn this. Why you just won't come out and say what needs to be said because you're in the middle strategically placed. It's not non-committal. It's not about that. You have values. You have principles, but your values and principles are driven. Our values and principles are driven by the mission of Jesus. And Jesus strategically placed himself in the middle between the extremes of his day and does the same thing today through his church and through his people, Christians. It's the way it ought to be. In the middle, between these extremes. So if you're going to do life in the middle, here's what it looks like. You end up listening more than you talk. This is what life in the middle is about. I mean, all, all you got to do is just turn on one of, the, one of the debates, right? I mean, even the first debate. Lots of talking, huh? <laughs> right? So much talking, you can hardly hear anybody talk. So much finger-pointing and accusing and assuming and attacking and all these things. In the middle, you end up listening more than you talk because we learn so much more. And it helps us apply what we've been taught is to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And then you don't get angry as much. In the middle, you listen more than you talk. In the middle, you choose relationships over being right. I like being right. Don't get me wrong. You like being right. I get it. We all like, who doesn't like being right? But in the middle, you elevate the value of people over the fact that you are right all the time. You understand that people are more important than policy. People are more important than the policies they hold. Policies come and go, and people change their minds about policy, like we talked about last week. You choose relationships with people that you consider them wrong and yourself right. You choose relationships with people when they look at you and consider you wrong because they think they are right. Relationships are more important than being right in the middle. In the middle way, you also commit to making a difference, not just a point. But Jesus did this all the time. He came to make a difference, not just a point. If Jesus came to make a point, he could show up and said, I'm God, enough said. And he would do what he wanted to do. But he didn't do that. Jesus came to make a difference. And so he climbed up into the mess and the muck and the mire of people's lives. He, he created tension and crawled up into the tension, the tense moments of real life because that's what we experience and that's how life happens for us. And Jesus chose to make a difference in people's lives rather than just make a point. And that is what you and I must commit to as followers of Jesus. Everybody likes to make a point. Democrats have a point. Republicans have a point. Independents have a point. You're going to listen to my point? I have a point to make here. I have a, what happens? What would happen? Imagine if we made fewer points and a bigger difference. In fact, wouldn't that make all the difference? 
Imagine in your life, what would happen if you just stopped arguing so much to make your point and you looked for a way to love and be kind and serve to make a difference. Fourthly, in the middle way, you love when you don't agree. And as we talked about last week, you often have to choose to agree to disagree. And you can do that without being disagreeable or devastated by the fact that people disagree with you. And you choose to love those that disagree with you and those that you can't find a way to agree with yourself. You love even when you don't. And I would say especially when you don't agree. And probably most important in the middle way, your point of reference is Jesus, because that's where he was in his day. And that's where we find ourselves as followers of Jesus. Your point of reference is Jesus. Now again, let's be honest. Let's be very truthful. Sometimes the Democrats are going to be a little bit closer to Jesus on some things. Not all things, but some things. So you need to pay attention to that. Sometimes the Republicans and what they're saying and doing are going to be a little bit closer to what Jesus would be about. And you need to pay attention to that. Now, not all things and not everything. And sometimes it's a third option. And the independents, somewhere, and they're going to be like, no, you're wrong and you're wrong. It should be a third option. It should be this way. But the point is, we come back to Jesus time and time again. That's why it's so important for us to come back to Jesus as our point of reference, time and time again, when we hear this side present their policy and that side present their policy and somebody else present a different option, we come back to Jesus as our point of reference because we are his followers first and most. And we stand in the middle with him. And the middle is not the easy place. The middle is not the popular place, but the middle is a place of grace and truth, of truth and grace. 100% all the time graciousness, 100% all the time truthfulness, and yes, that's messy, and yes, that creates tensions, but that's who Jesus was, and that's who he has called us to be. And in the middle is where you will find the mission of Jesus, alive and well and at work in our world. And he welcomes you and he welcomes all of us to join him in the messy, muddy middle. Not because there's not principle, not because there's not values, because there certainly are. In fact, he drives the values. He drives the principle because the middle is the place of the agenda and mission of Jesus. Let's all join Jesus there, regardless of what labels you have chosen and regardless of what labels have been chosen for you. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for being so clear and help us emulate the example of Jesus. Help us listen more than we talk. Help us Choose relationships over just being right. Help us to make a difference, not just make a point, and to love when we don't agree, and to have you as our point of reference. When it gets confusing and we're not sure, 
Are they right? Are they right? Is this the way? Is that the way? May we come back to your way time and time again and find our clarity and find our center in you who stood in the middle, who died in the middle, in the center of it all, bringing people to yourself. And help us represent you in all that we say and do in this messy political environment in Jesus' name. I ask this for me, I ask this for my brothers and sisters, and I ask this for our church. Amen.